فَخَلَفَ مِن بَعْدِهِمْ خَلْفٌ These were the prophets of Allah. But then, فَخَلَفَ Then there came, مِن بَعْدِهِمْ After them, خَلْفٌ Successors. Meaning after the prophets, there came certain generations. Now, خَلَامْفَ خِلَافَ It means to succeed. Right? To succeed. And خَلْف is a generation that succeeds, that comes after a previous generation. Alright? So for example, there were people who lived in the 1800s. Alright? And then they were replaced by people that came in the, who lived in the 1900s. Alright? And now, they have been replaced by who? People living today. Alright? So, فَخَلَفَ مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ خَلْفَ But remember that in Arabic, there's two words used from the same root that are used for successors. One is khalf and the other is khalaf with a fatha on the lam. Khalf and the other is khalaf. Which one is mentioned over here? Which one is mentioned over here? Everybody say it. Khalf with a sukoon. Alright? Now remember that khalf is used for those who succeed. Alright? But they are, you can say, unworthy. They did not continue the good practices of their ancestors. Instead, they innovated bad practices. They went off track. Unworthy heirs, unworthy successors. Alright? And khalaf, on the other hand, is used for good, righteous successors who have continued the good practices. Now what is mentioned over here? فَخَلَفَ مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ خَلْفٌ What kind of generation came after the prophets? Good or bad? Bad. Why were they bad? They were children of the prophets. Allah says, أَضَاعُ الصَّلَاةَ One thing is enough to tell that they were bad people. And what was that? أَضَاعُ الصَّلَاةَ They wasted the prayer. They didn't care about the salah. أَضَعُوا فَمْ ضِيَعْ is to waste something. Meaning they abandoned it. One is to do إِقَامَةُ الصَّلَةِ It is to establish the prayer. And the other is إِضَاعَةُ الصَّلَةِ Wasting the prayer. What does إِقَامَةُ mean? Literally. To make something stand. Right? To make something stand. أَقَامَ السُوق Is when the سُوق, the marketplace, it's busy... Active shops are open, shoppers are coming. There's lots of sales going on. You know, lots of hustle bustle. It's active. This is aqama souq, meaning that marketplace is functioning as it is supposed to function. Right? If you go to a store and it's empty, there is nobody there. What would you say about that store? It's not going to last very long. Right? It's not going to last very long. But if it's busy, busy, continuously busy, what does it mean? It's going to expand. It's going to grow. Right? So, iqamatu salah is to give importance to your prayer. Perform your prayer as it should be performed. Alright? This is iqamatu salah. And that means that you fulfill the prerequisites. You know, so for instance, you perform your wudu. You have tahara. You're facing the qibla. You have the proper clothing on, alright? And during the prayer also, you perform all of the 
pillars and all of the major aspects of the prayer that you don't leave anything out not that a person stands in salah he skips surah al-fatiha completely says alhamdulillah rabbil alamin and amin and then goes into rukur this is not iqamat salah right or for instance instead of praying four rak'at he says forget it i'm just going to pray one rak'ah that is not iqamat salah right so iqamat salah is to perform the prayer as it should be performed at the right time, in the right way, fulfilling all the prerequisites, giving attention, giving importance to the salah, being awake during salah, and the exact opposite of that is what? Ida'atul salah. Not caring about the time, delaying it, leaving it, abandoning it, and then performing the prayer sometimes once in a while, or every prayer, but how? Half-heartedly, don't even know what was said, you know, rushing through the words of salah, rushing through the actions of salah, adha'us salah. They wasted the prayer. They didn't give importance to prayer. What is salah? Salah is basically your connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Because your mother is not going to stand next to you and listen to your prayer. Right? She's not going to watch you in the washroom to make sure that you perform the wudu properly. Right? And she's not going to stand next to you and make sure that you perform your prayer properly. Nobody can ensure that. It's your connection with your Lord. Right? Someone could be praying, you know, on the outward they're showing, yes, I'm praying, but they don't have wudu. Who knows? Who cares? Who knows? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This person is deceiving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when a person gives importance to prayer that shows their relationship with Allah is good. And when a person is neglecting the prayer, what does that mean? They don't care about Allah. This person doesn't remember Allah, doesn't fear Allah, doesn't realize Allah is watching me. He doesn't care about Allah. When you perform your prayer, you're not just giving importance to prayer. You know who you're giving importance to? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when you neglect your prayer, you are in fact neglecting your duty to your Lord. So, فَخَلَفَ مِن بَعْدِهِمْ خَلْفٌ أَضَاعُ الصَّلَاةَ They wasted the prayer. وَاتَّبَعُوا الشَّهَوَاتِ And they followed the desires, meaning they pursued their desires. Shahwat is the plural of shahwa. And shahwa is like a, the inclination of the nafs. You know, when your heart, when your soul, when you are inclined and pulled towards something. Like for example, some food, or a relationship, or sleep, or anything like that. Now remember that every desire... It's not necessarily bad. You know, for example, you like to have your coffee. Fine. You like to have your tea. Fine. And you're craving your tea. You really want your coffee. Right? So it's a shahwa. It's a desire. But that doesn't mean that it is evil. Alright? Remember that every desire is not evil. In fact, when a person fulfills their desire in the halal way, then what are they doing? They're obeying Allah. And they're getting rewarded for it. Alright? But when a person becomes obsessed with their desires, and they pursue their desires, meaning all that they're concerned about is fulfilling their desire. That is what is disliked. Why? Because when a person will only pursue their desires, then what will they neglect? Salah. One example is sleep. It's a desire. Right? When you're in that bed, you don't want to get out. You just don't want to. Right? You love your bed. You love your blanket. You love your pillow, even if it smells. Right? But you just love it. Especially when that alarm is going on. Right? You just love it. 
اتباعو شهوة would be that you're just clinging on to that bed even if you're awake you don't want to open your eyes and you don't want to leave your bed so what will happen? you will delay waking up right? and when you will delay waking up then what will happen? what will be neglected? salah right? and then even if you manage to catch your prayer before the sun rises how will your prayer be? iqamatu salah how would it be? you know what I'm talking about right? so فَخَلَفَ مِن بَعْدِهِمْ خَلْفٌ أَضَعُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَاتَّبَعُوا الشَّهَوَاتِ فَسَوْفَ Now this is something very dangerous, even though we might be laughing. فَسَوْفَ يَلْقَوْنَ غَيَّا So soon they are going to meet غَيَّ Evil. غَيَّا is from the root letters غَيْن وَعْيَّا مَا ضَلَّ صَاحِبُكُمْ وَمَا Rawa to be in error. Right? And it's also used for you know someone who is misguided or they're committing sin. But remember that ghay is also used for the evil outcome of the sin, the punishment for that sin. So Fasaufa Yalkauna Ghaya, soon they're going to meet Ghay, meaning they're going to end up misguided. They're going to end up committing sin after sin. And that sin is going to bring consequences. You see, your prayer, it is a direct reflection of your iman. What is the status? What is the state of your iman? Your prayer shows that. Your salah shows that. What is the state of your taqwa? Of your consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What is it that will demonstrate that? How you pray. When you pray. How much importance do you give to prayer? Right? So, if a person is neglecting their salah, then what does it mean? Their iman is becoming weak. Their taqwa is shrinking. Right? So, when iman is weak, when taqwa is weak, then you think a person will continue to perform good deeds? What's going to happen? A sin will become easy. Then another sin will become easy. And then another sin will become easy. And those sins will bring consequences. This is why shaitan, he doesn't say to people, do shirk, especially Muslims, right? Or commit zina. No. How does he start? It's okay if you pray five minutes later. It's okay if you sleep another ten minutes. What's the big deal? It's still pretty dark outside. Right? Neglect your prayer. And then you feel bad in your heart. You feel guilty. And then you tell yourself, it's okay. No big deal. Allah will forgive me. And then when you're struggling in your life, you don't even know how to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You see, there is a distance that comes between you and Allah because you have not been performing your prayer properly. فَسَوْفَ يَلْقَوْنَ غَيَّ Serious consequences of neglecting the prayer. So if you want to fix your life, if you want to fix your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you want to fix your habits, where do you need to start? Salah. Check your salah. How is it? How regular is it? How proper is it? If salah is good, then the rest of the life will also be good. And if salah is not good, then there is a big problem. فَسَوْفَ يَلْقَوْنَ غَيَّا إِلَّا مَنْ Except those who repent. How beautiful. The Qur'an gives so much hope. إِلَّا مَنْ Except for the one who repents. What is tawbah? To go back? That okay... We started neglecting the prayer, now go back and fix your prayer. There is hope. 
وَآمَنَا And he believed وَعَمِلَ الصَّالِحًا And he performs righteous deeds فَأُولَٰئِكَ Then those يَدْخُلُونَ الْجَنَّةِ They will enter Jannah وَلَا يُظْلَمُونَ شَيْئًا And they will not be wronged at all Who will enter Jannah? Those who believe and who perform righteous deeds And of the best righteous deeds is the prayer جَنَّةِ عَدْنٍ Gardens of eternity أَلَّتِي which وَعْدَ الرَّحْمَانِ The most merciful has promised Who has he promised? Ibadahu, his servants. He has promised his servants that he will admit them into Jannati Adin, gardens of eternity. And this Jannah is where? Bil Ghaib. It's in the unseen. They have not seen it. Who has seen Jannah? Innahu, indeed it. Kana wa'duhu, his promise. Ma'tiya. It is sure to come. It's coming. Ma'tiya is from Hamzataya. Ata, ya'ti. It means to come. So ma'tiyah is one that is made to come. Meaning his promise will definitely come. Sure to come true. Meaning don't think it's far. Just be patient. Because Allah does not break his promise, nor does he change it. وَعْدَ اللَّهِ لَا يُخْلِفُ اللَّهُ وَعْدَهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُخْلِفُ الْمِعَادِ لَا يَسْمَعُونَ فِيهَا لَغْوًا They will not hear in it, meaning in Jannah, any لَغْو, any ill speech. And what is love? Loose talk, indecent, meaningless, purposeless, nonsense speech. In Jannah, there is no such nonsense, meaningless, aimless, purposeless, indecent speech. No. Illa salama, except salam. Meaning all they will hear in Jannah is salam. What does it mean by this? That in Jannah people will only hear salam? Salam, 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 assalamu alaikum, assalamu alaikum. This is one of the meetings in the sense that wherever a person will go in Jannah, he will be greeted. From the moment of entry into paradise, the angels, وَالْمَلَائِكَةُ يَدُخُلُونَ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنْ كُلِّ بَاب Angels will enter upon them from every gate, every door. Salamun alaikum. Peace be on you. And you know, like for example, if you go to a big fancy hotel or something, then what happens? You don't have to open the door yourself, right? In fact, your car barely stops and somebody's there to open the door for you and greet you and escort you all the way up. You know, for example, certain countries, especially in the Arab world, you'll find this kind of adab a lot, right? Not just in big fancy places, but even in average hotels, right? You'll find this adab and you feel like a big shot, Right? So just imagine, in Jannah, every person is going to be treated with respect. They will be greeted by angels. And salam also means peaceful words. They will only hear good, peaceful words. Nothing that will disturb them, that will hurt them, that will annoy them. You know, sometimes just the constant chitter-chatter, even that bothers you. Right? Or sometimes the loud you know, noise made by children, that bothers you. Right? Or certain individuals, the way they deal with you, the way they treat you, the way they address you, the kind of words they use towards you, they hurt you. But you can't do anything about it because you can't run away from them. But in Jannah, no hurtful speech, no annoying speech, nothing disturbing. إِلَّا سَلَامًا وَلَهُمْ رِزْقُهُمْ فِيهَا And for them, their provision in it. بُكْرَةً In morning, وَعَشِيَّةً And 
afternoon. Meaning they will never be hungry. Because they will be given risk all the time. Whenever they want it. What do we learn about Jannah? What kind of a place is it? Peaceful place with peaceful people. So if we want to be of the people of Jannah, then we have to watch our tongue. Do we say hurtful words? Do we say annoying words? Is our speech ever annoying to someone? وَلَهُمْ رِزْقُهُمْ فِيهَا بُكْرَةً وَعَشِيَّةً تِلْكَ الْجَنَّةِ This is Jannah. أَلَّتِي نُورِثُ مِنْ عِبَادِنَا Which we give as inheritance from our servants. To who? Which servants will Jannah be given to? مَنْ هُوْ كَانَ He is تَقِيَّةً تَقِيَّةً One who has taqwa. Meaning not everyone, not every servant of Allah will go to Jannah. Which servant of Allah? The one who has taqwa. Because it is the muttaqeen who will be muflihun. Remember the first lesson of Surah Al-Baqarah? ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابِ لَا غَيْبَ فِيهِ هُدًا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ Right? And then, أُولَٰئِكَ عَلَىٰ هُدًا مِّنْ رَبِّهِمْ وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ Those are the ones who will make it to paradise. So one of the key factors that takes a person to Jannah is what? What is it that will take a person to Jannah? Taqwa. Consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fear of Allah. This realization that my Lord is watching me. He knows what I'm feeling. He knows what I'm thinking. He knows my situation more than anyone else. He knows my capacity, my ability. He knows if I'm being truthful to myself or I'm deceiving myself. So the one who is conscious of Allah, he will make it to Jannah. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. فَخَلَفَ مِن بَعْدِهِمْ خَلْفٌ أَطَاعُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَاتَّبَعُوا الشَّهَوَاتِ فَسَوْفَ يَلْقَوْنَ غَيَّا إِلَّا مَنْ تَابَ وَآمَنَ وَعَمِلَ صَالِحًا فَأُولَئِكَ يَدْخُلُونَ الْجَنَّةَ وَلَا يُظْلَمُونَ شَيْئًا جَنَّاتِ عَدْنٍ الَّتِي وَعَدَ الرَّحْمَنُ عِبَادَهُ بِالْغَيْبِ إِنَّهُ كَانَ وَعْدُهُ مَأْتِيًّا لَا يَسْمَعُونَ فِيهَا لَغْوًا إِلَّا سَلَامًا وَلَهُمْ رِزْقُهُمْ فِيهَا بُكْرَةً وَعَشِيًّا تِلْكَ الْجَنَّةُ الَّتِي نُورِثُ مِنْ عِبَادِنَا مَنْ كَانَ تَقِيًّا You know when a person gives importance to his prayer, then definitely he has to control his desire. Even halal desires. Right? Like for example, if a person wants to eat, and then it's also time to pray. What is it that we generally do? What is it that we generally do? Honestly, tell me. Hmm? We eat first? No. We don't generally eat first. What do we say? I'll pray quickly, and then I'll just relax and eat. I'll take my time, I'll enjoy my food. Right? I'll just give five minutes to prayer, skip sunnah, everything. Right? Just Pray salah with qulullah wa hadan inna atina kalkawtha. Right? And then just, I'll take my time, I'll eat, I'll enjoy myself. 
Whereas in the sunnah, what we learn is that if you are about to eat and the adhan is pronounced, then you know what you do? You eat quickly and then you go to prayer. You eat quickly and then you go to prayer. We do the opposite, right? Because why are we taught to eat quickly and go to prayer? Because then you can relax and pray. You won't be thinking constantly in your prayer, I have to eat, I have to eat. Right? Whereas we pray quickly and in every rakar we're thinking about the food and our mouth is already watering with the food and you know we feel that hunger and we can smell it and it's like we just want to finish the prayer quickly so we can get to our food and enjoy it. There is no iqamatu salah. Right? That's idu'atu salah. So remember that performing the prayer properly requires us to control our desires. And why do you control your desire? Because you say, later inshallah. I'll enjoy later. I'll have fun later. Because jannatu adn. Allah has promised and this promise is coming. And walahum rizquhum fiha bukratan wa You're dying for this burger? You want to rush through your prayer for this burger? That's it? In jannah there's food in morning and evening, whenever you want, whatever you want, endless. There was a saying that uh, we are running after the world while world is the place of punishment and a test for us. Our house is Jannah. Adam was born and he was sent there. I mean, think about it that in this dunya, no matter how much you eat, no matter how much you enjoy, there's you're never fully satisfied. You know, you eat that food and then you have that heartburn. Right? You eat that food and then you'll suffer the consequences later on. Yesterday I had some chocolate after a while and I was with my sister and I was like, oh, I just want to eat more and more and more, right? And then she's like, it's okay, Appa, you can do it in Jannah. Like, Alhamdulillah. Oh. And this is what we need to remind ourselves of. Inshallah, later, later, later. I mean, think about it. So many people I mean, who are not necessarily Muslim even, they sacrifice their desires, right? Their food, everything. Why? For worldly success. We're aiming for Jannah. You think we don't have to sacrifice that burger and that bag of fries and what, whatever that is? Come on, we can sacrifice a little bit here and there. Because our aim is Jannah. So control your desire. Focus you know, on iqamatu salah So that inshallah this promise, we are also deserving of it. tanazzalu, And we do not descend. إِلَّا بِأَمْرِ رَبِّكَ Except by the order of your Lord. Who said this? Who descends at the command of Allah? Angels. Right? Now, in Bukhari it is mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ, when he would receive revelation, sometimes a revelation would come frequently. And then sometimes there would be a, a gap in the middle, a break in the middle. Now remember that the Prophet ﷺ, the kind of difficulty he was going through, Right? Friends were turning into enemies, relatives were also turning into enemies. He would find a lot of, you can say, solace and peace and comfort in the company of Jibreel. Meaning, whenever Jibreel would bring revelation to him, that would make the Prophet really happy. Really happy. You know, all his stress and worry and everything would go away. So, the Prophet said to Jibreel, مَا يَمْنَعُكَ أَن تَزُورَنَا أَكْثَرَ مِمَّا تَزُورُنَا what prevents you from visiting us more than you do? Meaning, why don't you come more often? 
come more often, more frequently. I like your company. I like it when you bring revelation from Allah to me. This is just like when you enjoy the company of a good friend. Then what do you want? That you visit them more. They visit you more. You talk to them more. They talk to you more. So Jibreel was also a friend to the Prophet ﷺ. In the Qur'an it is mentioned that Jibreel is his mawla. Meaning is his friend. So anyway, when the Prophet ﷺ made this request, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the response in the Qur'an. So the response is coming from Allah, but it's as though Jibreel is being quoted. Right? So that the Prophet ﷺ is being taught that Jibreel doesn't have any say concerning this matter. It's all Allah's decision. وَمَا نَتَنَزَّلُوا إِلَّا بِأَمْرِ رَبِّكَ Jibreel said, We angels do not descend except at the command of your Lord. Why? Why do we only come when Allah orders us? Because لَهُ مَا بَيْنَ أَيْدِينَا To Him belongs that which is before us, وَمَا خَلْفَنَا And that which is behind us. وَمَا بَيْنَ ذَلِكَ And that which is between that. Between what? Between what is before us and what is behind us. And what is that? Hmm? Us. Right? Think about yourself. That what is before you, everything in front of you, who owns it? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is behind you, everything behind you, who owns it? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that which is between what is before you and what is behind you, which is you, you are also owned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَا بَيْنَ Meaning, Allah is a supreme owner. He is a supreme authority. And the angels, they are Allah's servants. They don't come and go by their own will, rather they are sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَا كَانَ رَبُّكَ Allah sends us whenever He knows it is best. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not send us, don't think that Allah has forgotten you. وَمَا كَانَ رَبُّكَ Your Lord is not at all forgetful. Nasi is someone who has nisyan, meaning someone who forgets. Right? Because when someone doesn't come or when we don't receive something, we think that the sender has forgotten us. So the Prophet ﷺ is comforted. Don't worry. Your Lord remembers you. He knows you. And He knows when it is best to send a message and when it is best to not send a message. وَمَا كَانَ رَبُّكَ and this is something that we should also remember all the time. Allah has never forgotten us. رَبُّ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ He is the Lord of the skies and the earth. وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا And that which is between them. So He is the Rabb. And who is Rabb? خَالِقْ مَالِكْ مُدَبِّ He has created the skies and the earth. And whatever is between the sky and the earth, He has created, He owns it, He manages it. فَعْبُدْهُ so worship Him. He alone is the Rabb. This is Tawheed Rububiyyah. فَعْبُدْهُ So worship only Him. This is Tawheed Uluhiyya Worship only Him. Dedicate your worship entirely for Him. وَاسْطَبِرْ And be constant. Have patience over His worship. Meaning over worshipping Him. وَاسْطَبِرْ this is from the root sadbara sabr what does sabr mean what does sabr mean to be impatient 
to be patient. All right, this is sabr. Now, what do you see over here? Is sabr. There is an additional ta, additional letter, additional meaning. Is sabr is is to force oneself to be patient, to make yourself bear patiently. You know, it's like you get a cut on your hand and you're bleeding and it's hurting and you just want to scream. But what do you tell yourself? Come on, I'm not a two-year-old. I'm not a five-year-old. Right? So you just hold your hand really tight. Right? Really tight. You close your eyes and you're forcing yourself to be patient. You're holding back that scream. Right? You're biting your tongue or you're doing something of the sort to make yourself be patient. Now, every person has different capacity. Some people, they have more capacity to be patient. And other people, they have less capacity. Right? Some people, their pain tolerance level is really high. And other people, their pain tolerance level is really low. Right? So each person is different. Alright? And one person might say, well, I don't find it difficult to pray. I don't find it difficult to get up and pray. I can just easily get out of my bed and pray. No big deal for me. And there is another person who just stares at them in awe. Seriously? You get up for Fajr yourself? You get up before Fajr? How do you do that? Because I have to be woken up like 20 times. And my mother almost gives up. So you see there is a difference over here. Now those who have it easy, it doesn't mean that everything is easy for them. This is easy for them, but something else would be difficult for them. Right? And if you're having difficulty in performing salah on time, what does this ayah tell us? Don't give up. Force yourself to be patient. Make yourself firm. Try. Don't allow yourself to just sleep. No. Force yourself to get up. Use one way or another way. You know, try one methodology, then another trick, then another thing to make yourself get up. وَاسْطَبِرْ لِعِبَادَتِي Why? Because if we don't worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then what's the other option? What's the other option? Tell me. If we don't pray, what's the other option? What is it? Honestly. If we leave our salah, if we neglect our prayer, are there any consequences? What? What is it? What is it? Nothing? It's punishment. There's hellfire. There's burning. And this is real. It's real. When a person neglects their prayer, remember, they will be abandoned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also. There is no protection for them. When a person does not perform their fajr prayer, then in hadith we learn that that person, he doesn't have Allah's protection. He doesn't have Allah's protection for the day. What does salah do? It extinguishes the fire of your sins. And if we don't perform the prayer, that fire is burning, burning, increasing for us. So it's either pray, either worship Allah, or suffer. Right? And that suffering is something that we don't want. So then, what do we have to do? We have to make ourselves, whether we find it easy or we find it difficult, no matter what our state is, force yourself to worship Allah. Because there's no other option. There's no other option. 
You know, for example, there are certain commands that we know we have to observe. They're clear in the Qur'an, in the Sunnah. Right? Like for example, Ihsan bil walidain, being good to your parents. Now for some, for an individual, it might be very difficult because their parents are really harsh or they don't get along with their parents ever. Or they have a bad record from the very beginning. So then what? Just because you find it difficult doesn't mean you don't need to do Ihsan to your parents? وَاسْطَبِرْ لِعِبَادَتِي Make yourself do Ihsan towards your parents. Force yourself to do it. Hijab. Force yourself to do it. Speaking the truth. Force yourself to do it. Make yourself do it. Because the other option is serious. وَاسْطَبِرْ لِعِبَادَتِي And why worship Allah? Why obey Him? Why? You know, a person might wonder, but why? Because who are we? We are His servants. He owns us. He created us. We are His servants. And we can never ever escape this bond. We can never get out of this bond. We are forever His servants. هَلْ تَعْلَمُ لَهُ Do you know anyone? هَلْ تَعْلَمْ Do you know? لَهُ for him, meaning for Allah, سَمِيَّة Anyone who has the same name, or anyone who has the same characteristics, anyone who is like Allah. Remember the word Samiya? We did this earlier in the context of Yahya alayhi لَمْ نَجْعَلْ لَهُ مِنْ قَبْلُ And what does that mean? There is no one having the same name and there is no one having the same qualities. So هَلْ تَعْلَمُ لَهُ سَمِيَّة Do you know anyone who is like Allah? No one. Who is merciful to you, who created you, who gave everything you have to you. Who forgives you, who accepts your repentance, who guides you, who increases you in your... Do you know anyone who's done the same ihsan on you but him? No one. No one is like Allah. So give Allah his haq. Give Allah his right. Don't forget him. Recitation of these ayahs. وَمَا نَتَنَزَّلُ إِلَّا بِأَمْرِ رَبِّكَ لَهُ مَا بَيْنَ أَيْدِيْنَا وَمَا خَلْفَنَا وَمَا بَيْنَ ذَلِكَ وَمَا كَانَ رَبُّكَ نَسِيًّا رَبُّ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا فَاعْبُدْهُ وَاصْطَبِرْ لِعِبَادَتِهِ هَلْ تَعْلَمُ لَهُ سَمِيًّا you know, there are certain things which are good for us, but we don't like to do them. Can you give me an example? Something that's good for us, but we still don't enjoy it. And I'm not talking about only matters of religion, but in general, in life. Okay, studying. What else? Hmm? Okay, exercise, eating healthy, right? Changing your diet, taking medication going to the doctors, okay, sleeping early, waking up early, right? But what do we do? We force ourselves, right? We make ourselves do it. You know, like you kick yourself and you just get up. Right? You force yourself to sit down and study. You force yourself to go to school. You force yourself to attend class. Why? Because the other option is failure. So even if you hate a particular course, you know, attending a particular class, you don't like it at all. You feel like running away. You don't like the cover of that book. What do you do? You still face it. You still do it. 
you still study it. Why? Because you have to. Right? So there are many things in life which we find bitter, that we don't enjoy, but because of their benefit, we do it anyway. Right? So likewise, when it comes to deen, when it comes to worship, yes, there are certain acts of worship which we enjoy. Right? Like for example, maybe fasting we enjoy a lot because at the end of the fast there is lots of good food. Or we like going for taraweeh because you know it's nice, we, we're staying up late and you know we, we chill with our friends and whatever it may be. Or our dad takes us for ice cream after, whatever it is. You know, you enjoy it. There are some things that you enjoy. And you do them anyway. But then there are other things which we find difficult. Reciting the Qur'an regularly. Doing your adhkar in the morning and the evening. Performing prayer, performing sunnah. Right? But then that is where you have to kick yourself. Literally kick yourself and just do it. No excuses. You know, once you establish salah, automatically next step will come easy. If you are going somewhere, oh, I have to take the patta or hijab somewhere, I will pray. And again you are going, okay, let's stop on the masjid, we pray and then we'll go. So next step will become automatically easy once you will particularly for establish your salah. Yes, very so next true. good deeds will come. Yes. I mean, initially making that change is very difficult. It bites, it hurts, it's suffocating. But then what happens? You force yourself to do it, you get in the rhythm, and then what happens? You get used to it. And then something else becomes easier. Just like Ramadan, right? The first few fasts, the first week, how is it? It's a breeze. Is it? No way. You're counting each day. Right? Like, okay, 29, hopefully 28 left. Right? 28, hopefully 27 left. You're counting. Literally you're counting. But then what happens after a week, after the first Ashba? It becomes easy. It becomes easy. And then after Ramadan, you're like, wow, I actually fasted the whole month. So initially the nafs finds it difficult. You control your desire, it gets easier. But don't allow yourself to fall back. Don't allow yourself to abandon the worship of Allah. Because the one who abandons worshiping Allah, in reality abandons himself. Yes. Even if you are consistent with your prayer, even your co-workers or your peers or your friends, they will realize because when I'm when I'm working, I had a problem about the timing of the prayer, and it's been going on a while. And now they get appointed that even if I do the but what time you go praying today before you go in break or before after? Because we become like ten people now. Before I was by myself, but now it's nine people over ten Muslims, so they pray together. So it depends this consistency that you have. If they will realize whoever is around you. Too. Yes, very true. Okay. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, one day it happened, my son, he go every Jumu'ah in the masjid. And one day he have a test and he afraid the teacher to go. Maybe they not give him other time the test. One day a teacher give the paper to the student. He say, Bashiri, what happened today is Jumu'ah. She said, I'm afraid to go to Jumu'ah, uh, the Jumu'ah prayer, but I want to go still the Salah time. I go, before we go in more early, he say, maybe I can go when the khutbah is started. Before he go early, he say, no, no, I give you time. You can go now. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. He's so happy. He say, until that day, I never hesitate if I have a test or I have anything. 
I go because they know me. They give me other time to even practice or even make the test. Alhamdulillah. When you are used to performing the salah, I don't know. I have this. There is a if I don't perform it, there is a pinch in my heart. It's from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and Allah always listens whenever I. Make a dua. For example, last week I make a dua. Ya Allah, please wake me up at um, time of um, tahajjud, and He woke me up out of pain. I don't know. I was so tired, but He woke me up. Alhamdulillah. And Alhamdulillah, at six o'clock I woke up. I don't know how, but it's Allah. Alhamdulillah. Sometimes it's just within us, but when you're consistent in the prayers, where I work is extremely very busy. So sometimes when I go for the prayers and then I know myself is I just do it very quickly and I come back and then all things go wrong. Everything goes wrong. And then the first thing they tell me is that go back to the prayer because that was not a sincere prayer. So if you know yourself that your prayer was not sincere, right away, subhanAllah, you will see the test in front of you. So they know to a point that if something is wrong, they will blame me and say she wasn't sincere today. The one thing that I have noticed is the salah that you perform in public, like wherever you may be, that is the best form of the dawa. Because if you read Quran, it's just like they don't know what you're reading until you tell them about it. But salah, you can pray in public, and you will see that the people who are around the non-Muslims, they will just stop and watch you, like it's something so strange. They've never seen things like this. You will watch that, and they will ask you about it later. I I remember the time I returned back to my Deen Alhamdulillah. I first started to pray all the time. Everywhere I am, I would pray my salah, and from praying my salah, everything started to change. Eventually, I grow. Alhamdulillah, I find it the start of the salah, and not being afraid to miss it has caused me to grow closer to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Alhamdulillah. Because you see, when you will perform your prayer properly on time, you know, for example, Fajr, then one day it will also be easy for you to get up for Tahajjud, right? And then you will also be able to say your morning adhkar. And then you'll also be able to recite the Qur'an. But then when you delay your prayer and you pray five minutes before sun rises, then what adhkar will you do and what Qur'an will you read? How? When is that going to happen? Because then you're getting late for school, Right? The day has to start. So salah is the key. And وَاسْطَبِرْ لِعِبَادَتِهِ Ibadah over here is general. Any act of worship. If you don't find it easy, force yourself to do it. But do it. 